Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There are moments in our life when we are shaped through adversity and challenge. Propelled through turbulent change, we're presented with an opportunity to take wings and soar from a dark place to one of light. I'm Leslie Salem, founder of Over the Bloody Moon, on a mission to take the muddle out of menopause and show the positive side to this time of life. At Over the Bloody Moon, we believe in three T's to help us thrive, a team, tools, and a tribe. In our second series of The Changemakers, we invite you to meet clinicians and specialists who share their experience and knowledge to help you manage your menopause. Come join us for the flight. Today's show is called Deepening Connections. The menopause experience can be hard to share and articulate for some. This transition can pull women inside themselves, making them feel detached to those around them. In this episode, we talk to relationship coach and psychologist Susan Quilliam about how to keep our relationships steady despite the bumps and inner turmoil we might be experiencing. Susan is author of various books on the topic of relationships and sex, as well as a practicing relationship coach and psychotherapist. She was also an advisor for Durex and Relate for many years. Susan, we're delighted to welcome you on the show today. Oh, it's lovely to be here, Leslie. Um, So, Susan, today's show is all about deepening connections. And um, as as you well know, as we've spoken about in the past, transitioning through menopause can really put demands on ourselves um, and others as we start to to try and work out and, and, and unravel how we're processing change. And we all have different experiences of our menopause journey. But have you noticed um, in in your work and expertise as a relationship coach, common issues or themes that are emerging during this time that might impact across all aspects of relationships, really? Um, I've noticed two big ones. The first one, they're both really obvious. The first one is change. Uh, There's changes in our bodies. There are changes in our attitudes. There's a big shift very often with our relationships with our children, even with our friends who may be in different life stages, and of course, with our partners. And that can feel quite threatening at times, but the bit that balances out change is that we also have choice. We sometimes forget that. You know, we've lived maybe the same sort of family life for a number of years. Now it's changing, but that means we have choice. A metaphor I often use with my clients is that it's a bit like we've had a wonderful jigsaw puzzle from in our adult life, from, you know, from puberty up to now. There's been changes, but it's the same puzzle. And somebody's come along and thrown that jigsaw puzzle in the air and all the pieces have come down, not only in a different way, but some of the pieces are different but we do have the option to put them together to make a beautiful picture. But it may not be the same picture. We just need to know that we have the choice to put in the picture we want. 
I love that, Susan, um, because we can often feel almost disempowered, um, you know, with all the changes that, that are happening. Um, but it is important to recognise that every action, everything we communicate um, is, is signalling something to others and ourselves. And, and, and there is consideration behind that and an impact behind that. So, um, you know, I, I'm a bit of a research geek, as you may know. And um, one of the things that I was really surprised about when I was looking at relationship breakups, particularly amongst long term relationships, is that there's a bit of a peak for women aged um, 49 to 54 years of age, which is exactly at the time that we're going through, uh, for some, the menopause transition. And in fact, 80% of relationships or divorces are initiated by women of that age group. Um, does that surprise you? Not at all. It is a statistic I have heard and been surprised by initially. But then when you talk to women, there are, as I said, so many changes going on and we can realise that our choices are different now from the way they were, maybe when we partnered, maybe when we got married, maybe when we had our children. And there's actually, interestingly, a physiological underpinning to this, because as our hormones change, as oestrogen takes more of a back seat, that impacts on the way we feel and the way we think. And there's been some very interesting research suggesting that that shift is much more towards going, well, what do I want? And away from let's care for others. You know, we've spent 20 or 30 years caring for a partner, and that care has come back maybe, caring for our children, giving. And then with the menopause and with the oestrogen shift, we move into, well, hold on, what about me? It might be my time. And that can manifest in different ways, of course. But no, it doesn't surprise me if some women go, what I want now is not what I've had for the last 20 or 30 years. It's something different. Mm. And that shift on hormones um, plays out in other ways. So uh, our testosterone, as oestrogen declines, our testosterone, even though it's dropping, might be dominant and that's when women also become a bit more self-centered and I, I've also been reading that oxytocin our nesting hormone also drops and that is associated with promoting loyalty and trust so some women talk about becoming more suspicious or a bit more disconnected um, so all kind of fascinating this kind of biological physiological uh, aspects that are having an impact on um, you know, on our um, relationships and how we communicate with others. Um, what, what's your what's your learning and, and your experience in terms of managing all of these changes? Well, it really is a question of coming inside yourself and finding out what you want. Now, that's going to be in the context of your existing commitments. I'm not saying that, you know, mysteriously at 50, we all go, no, enough of the past life. I want me, me, me. Uh, most of us do not do that. But the balanced view is to say, actually, this is my time. And it's more my time than it was. And whoever you are with, or indeed not with, you often need to choose to reformat your life in many ways. It's hugely exciting. 
It's also hugely terrifying. I mean, what advice do you give to your clients when they're at this, you know, precipice of the, the unknown? How do they how do they navigate that and take those steps in a way that doesn't feel too scary? Um, I, I do a lot of work with clients about what an inner conflict, an inner turmoil that they go through. There are other times of life when you go through that too. But menopause is a key one. The first guideline is don't be scared of it. It is natural. It's not just hormonal. It's also about our role in society and our role in relationships changing. So don't be scared. Also accept that the inner turmoil will, will, will be a mixture of yearning, wanting things. You know, I've got the rest of my life left. But actually, it's not all that long. It's two decades, three decades, four decades. But round about the time we go through the menopause, there can be this real fear of, well, hold on, was that it? You know, is, is it that my life is over? No, it's not. But you need to balance out the yearnings and the fears. You also need to trust in yourself that you can sort this out, you can resolve the turmoil, you can resolve the inner conflict, you can turn to others for advice, you can help yourself be as resourced as possible. And all my professional experience, as well as my personal experience, is that there is a way through. And what lies beyond the menopause is different. It's a, a different jigsaw puzzle pattern, a different picture but it can be just as good, if not better. Hence, you're over the bloody moon. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, we often read, don't we, in, in the media about kind of, you know, the, the horror stories. And of course, any any change that is uninvited um, has an element of, of, of fear around it. But um, you know, once you accept that, acknowledge it, and as you say, gather all your resources, be that inner or external, um, you can start to create a new roadmap. Yes, yes. Um, Susan, you, you've mentioned inner turmoil in relation to those tips, and I know that this is um, an area that you have recently been spending um, time researching. Is there anything else that you want to share in terms of your observations and, and insights around this time of life for women? I, I think what I'm finding, I'm not just studying women in this project, but clearly as a woman, it's a, a real sense of interest for me. One of the things is that we do, whether it feels like it or not, we do have the inner resources. And there's this tipping point where you've considered everything. It might be a pull between I want to be free and I want to be loyal. It might be a tipping point between I want to be on my own or I want to be with a partner. It might be a tipping point between I want the sex, but I want a different sort of sex. What I'm finding more and more, it's really hopeful for me, is that if we're willing to explore and if we're willing to follow that sense of, well, what is right for me? And, and being right for you very often means being right for your partner and your children and your family and your friends. But if you can go, what's right for me, and consider the possibilities and come to the right conclusion for you, then there is always a way through. Uh, mm. I'm not talking about, you know, where there are big impacts like serious illness 
or, you know, suddenly losing your job. But trust yourself in this. You know, your body knows, your mind knows, your heart knows. And so mm-hmm. coming back to that place of, okay, I know. It's, it's a wonderful place where all the jigsaw puzzle pieces, all the corners and all the framework, you've got the lot. But it's almost always there. And if it's not there, you can get help to make it there and to find it. Mm-hmm. It is about listening, isn't it? Stopping, listening, reflecting, um, and also being a bit playful about what the future holds. So it doesn't mean going from A straight, you know, to B. There might be some other options uh, to just explore um, what is going to be right for you. But it's almost like the body wakes us up. We, and therefore the mind starts to be connected with that um, and that allows us to start to rethink about what our purpose is um, and what we want out of life Um, and and it might also be that we're at a stage where other demands are starting to shift and change and and therefore we might have a bit more space or maybe we have less space but it's a transition nonetheless. One of the things that is very hopeful for me which I often offer my clients is that if you take the period of time when, let's say, you started your period, you went into puberty, and you measure that time through to when you're on the menopause, it's going to come somewhere around 30 to 40 years. Now, your grandmother, when she went on the menopause, had a short time. You know, health care was not so good. Social support was not so good. Now... We can look at, you know, the Queen is 95. We can now look at almost as long ahead of us after the menopause as we had before. It's a long life to look forward to. Exactly. It is is amazing, actually, that the biological evolution hasn't uh, quite caught up with, you know, the lifestyle uh, opportunities that now exist. But, yeah, I mean, you know... this is an opportunity where we have a huge next chapter to to build and and look forward to. Um, So with regards to inner turmoil, um, what are the barriers, what are the things that hold people back, do you think? Um, Interestingly, it's self-confidence. You know, maybe over our life we've learnt to maybe doubt ourselves. And now with this big change, we're doubting ourselves even more. But there can also be pressure from other people, people in your life. Uh, A partner who's going through his own sort of changes or she is going through her own sort of changes may be a bit thrown by the new self that we're presenting. Our children may go, hold on a minute, what happened to mum? Where did she go? And although we've made huge progress in the culture there is still a bit of a sense that, well, you know, you're on your menopause, that's great, but, you know, your real life is the life of the 20s and 30s and 40s. Clearly not at all. We bring wisdom, we bring experience. Uh, But there is still a cultural block against older women making their own choices. So there are many barriers, 
but we can overcome them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, actually, that that reference to to family. So where you've always been in a certain role and uh I suppose, delivering against certain expectations and then that person wants to change that. You know, it's one thing navigating in a turmoil and change um, or or transitions um, for yourself, but being able to bring other people on the journey can be really, really difficult, particularly when their life is not changing how does one go about that in terms of keeping the relationship, you know, nurtured and, and I suppose, reducing conflict externally? Um, I, I talk about three C's. There's congruence, which by that I mean stay true to yourself internally, know what you want. Communication, talk about it. Very often your children don't understand because nowhere have they had a single lesson, nowhere have they read anything about what it means to go through the menopause, not only physically, but also psychologically and emotionally. And the third one is compassion. It's one thing to present your wants and your needs at this stage of life in a very challenging way. And and I'm not saying just roll over and allow yourself to be overcome. But if you can express your needs with compassion, if you can understand that other people are going through a difficult time, then it goes a long way. So, yes, uh, we're talking about congruence, we're talking about communication, and we're talking about compassion. That, you know, that's brilliant. I just feel now I've got those, you know, principles. I want to kind of stick them up on post-its. And um, it's such an important way of uh, helping, you know, guide, guide through life. Susan, beyond communication and, and, and relationships on a, on a practical and emotional level, um, when we start to think about the relationship on a sexual level, that can also shift at this time. Um, we know that physiologically, uh, the changes of, of oestrogen uh, plus the physical aspects of sleep deprivation, low mood, etc., can have a really profound impact on, uh, you know, a woman's libido um, and how also she wants, um, you know, intimacy to be presented to her. So um, firstly, we, we often can think of sex as intimacy, but is there a difference in your mind between sex and intimacy? Definitely. And it will vary from person to person. So for some people, sex is an integral part of intimacy. For some people, it's separate. You can have one but not the other. And for many of us, it is mixed. And for many of us, it changes as we go through the menopause, well, as we go through life. Bearing in mind that if you're with an an existing partner, you may well have what you believe to be absolutely stable beliefs about the way sex should be. And these may need to change for him or her as well as for you. And if you're with a new partner, you have to negotiate things from scratch very often. Don't be worried that in this very sexualized society, you will be expected to do different things 
nobody who expects you to do anything is the right person for you. Again, it's around communication and negotiation. Mm. The, the word negotiation is interesting because it, for me it feels quite transactional, which is outside perhaps the language of, of love. But I understand from last time we spoke that it, it's a really essential part um, of uh, how the success of long-term relationships, that kind of meeting in, in the middle, I suppose. Um, but what happens if you are very sort of, you know, entrenched um, in a particular sort of, you know, aspect or you feel what you want is what you, you deserve? How do you start to negotiate um, successfully? I think there's a big question here, which is a question that many people in midlife, men as well as women, have to face, which is, if the relationship has got to the point, and that's a new relationship or an existing one, where neither of you are prepared to shift from your position, very often you have to rethink the relationship as well as the particular thing you're talking about. So if, it, if you've moved to absolutely not, definitely no, on either side. And you can't get out of that on your own. That is a case of turning to professional help. Uh, and largely, mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, with the resources we've got, um, such as over the bloody moon, we can work through a lot of things ourselves. But if partners, whether new or existing, have got to a point where it's won't, shan't, don't want to, that's much deeper than simply deciding which positions to use in bed and, and much deeper than, well, how intimate are we going to get and in what way? Mm -mm. So some of the women in, you know, on the coaching programmes um, and in the community have voiced wanting to go and get some professional help, uh, you know, be that a counsellor or relationship coach such as yourself, um, but their partner is resistant have you got any any advice or anything that you've noticed um, that encourages the, the partner to go and also be part of that experience? My first advice is go on your own for two reasons. Firstly, because you will get the help you need to think things through. And secondly... Because if you change, if you learn different skills, if you get support, very often your partner will change, not only because you're different, but because he'll see it works for you, or indeed she'll see it works for you. So just mm -hmm. because a partner won't go, yourself go. Doesn't mean to say that you're the one at fault, you're the one that's getting counselling. It means that you're the one that's getting the support to find out how you can move the relationship to a better place. And I've seen it work. I've worked with individuals and they've gone back to their relationship. And very often their partner will end up coming to see me as well. Even if not, the relationship can change. That, that, that's really helpful. Um, and I think sort of giving oneself permission to uh, not just rely on, on, on someone else if they want to kind of shift forward and make a positive change. Um, so let's talk now about, you know, the good aspects, the positive aspects of menopause when it comes to sex or relationships. What have, what have you noticed? So many good things. 
Uh, I remember my mother, uh, who was lived in an earlier age, as far as attitudes to menopause are concerned, and she tackled things very, very differently. The very fact that we are talking like this, Leslie, and the very fact that there are all those women and men, hopefully, out there listening to what we're saying and taking this on board is, is huge hope. The menopause can be the middle of your life with a lot more to come. And it can certainly be a very different life depending on what you want and what you choose. It can be a different picture. It can be a different emotion. There are so many resources. There are so many opportunities. The health for postmenopausal women has never been better. We've never had more possibility of being physically healthy and active. And emotionally, we've never had more possibility of being fulfilled. Um, I speak personally. It's 20 years since my menopause, and I am over the bloody moon with it. Uh, yeah, the first part of my life was great, but this part of my life is also great, if in a different way. Fantastic. So, I mean, we've spoken about, um, you know, a, a lot uh, today. Um, I think the, the, the key takeouts for me um, is, is the importance to acknowledge, accept change, um, to look at the resources one has, uh, both internally, externally. Um, if you're in a partnership, um, and this indeed, you know, we've been talking a lot about relationships, it is about using those three wonderful principles of, um, you know, conviction or being congruous, uh, communicating with others um, and being compassionate, both for yourself and, and others around you. Um, and, and, and seeing this as a, a really exciting opportunity to, um, you know, the, the, the shift, therefore, is, is not, you know, rather than focusing about what you're letting go of and losing, it's about what you're gaining um, and the opportunities that that is going to bring. So um, that's, that's come out really loud and clear today. So thank you. Um, so just to finish off, Susan, on a personal level, what makes you feel over the bloody moon about life? Well, it's another C, actually. It's connection. Uh, coming out of uh, lockdown, as I am doing at the moment, I'm delighting in, you know, yesterday I had an outdoor open-air coffee with a friend I haven't seen for 15 months. Uh, and just that connection for an hour was wonderful. I'm soon hopefully going to be able to go back to my one of my passions, which is Argentine tango, you know, the connection of two people dancing together. Uh, I am a member of an experimental theatre group and the group has a huge connection. And just, you know, going into a shop and having a connection with somebody behind the counter, you know, that's my fourth C and the one that makes me over the bloody moon. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, all of your wisdom and experience with us today. It's been wonderful to have you on the show, Susan. Thank you so much. Privilege and pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.